0: Just wanted to curl up and die.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> what? what?
1: I... <laughs> I'm lost Did on. Did you that. not I'm... hear it? But <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, how about we all curl up and uh, talk about <laughs> so... <laughs> and talk about movies. Talk about movies. So, welcome to another episode of Screen Fix, the show where we will fix a recent film. As well as give you a little bit of movie news. With me today are the hosts that carry the show. Say hello to everybody, Lady One. Hi. And say hello to everyone, Mustachio. Mike Check, Mike Check, one two one two. Oh, he's a beastie boy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: So beastly, that one.
1: So, Lady Wan, why don't you uh, let us know uh, what you've been up to? Did you do anything this week that was film-related? Or maybe it was not film-related. Maybe you uh, finally made good on our Screen Fix Adopt a Highway initiative. (laughs) You know,
2: there is a shocking- Make any progress on that? There's a shocking amount of paperwork necessary to adopt a highway, so oh, um, I'm still working on it. I told you guys I need your social security numbers, so you can send <laughs> that to me. Is that what that uh, was that'll for? That be great. Yeah. Um, that and some other stuff I'm working on. Um, uh, so just let me know.
1: So you've made no inroads there.
2: <laughs> I see what you did there.
1: What did you do this weekend?
2: Uh, it was derby weekend, so I went to the racetrack, Whoa. had some mint juleps.
0: Mm. Oh, mm-hmm. that's a bit fun. Of sporting.
2: Put on a big hat.
1: <laughs> While drinking of mint c- juleps.
2: Of course, of course. All I've got
1: fun. $500 on Mind That Bird. <laughs> <laughs> I've got another 200 on <laughs> Mammy's Surprise.
2: <laughs> oh jeez.
1: The names are always ridiculous and have nothing to do with horses somehow. Like, no. Just once I want someone's horse to be like... Something straightforward and understandable. Do you think there's ever been one called My Little Pony?
2: I hope so.
0: I mean, it would have people betting on that little pony just for the name yeah
2: i mean that's why you give them crazy names
0: so it like stands out
2: yeah yeah that's only racehorses that have names like that i went to a ranch last summer and my horse was named george like (laughs) nothing flashy that's a name no this is just me and george
1: nobody's gonna bet on george (laughs) uh five dollars on george thousand dollars on mitochondria (laughs) (laughs) mitochondria dance remix What? Mitochondria Dance no, that Remix. that just does not sound like yeah, a horse name.
2: A... <laughs> oh, yes, it does. That's
1: fantastic. I love it. All my money is going on Mitochondria Dance Remix. <laughs> just shove it's words that don't belong together together. Yes. And that's a horse's
0: name. <laughs> just make it graceful, semi-appealing.
2: Yeah. I love it.
1: All my money on marmalade chainsaw, please. <laughs> to win. To <laughs> win. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, a Mustachio, uh, what did you do this weekend? Did you do anything film related, or maybe you went to the uh, local zoo's sloth derby? It's a big hit. Did you attend? <laughs> what did you do this weekend?
0: Uh, yeah, at the local zoo, I'm I'm uh, still the proud parent of some river otters there, but uh, they oh. they
1: still don't even know who I am.
0: Uh, let's see. No, I've wait. I've
1: <laughs> you birthed, you fathered them, or you adopted them? Like, be clear on the nature of your fatherhood. Uh, yeah. I um I t- <laughs> I tried to birth them at first, and
0: then I was strongly suggested to just adopt them. So I said, okay, that that, that sounds healthier.
1: Aww. Uh, they're like, I think you ought to adopt. Rather than... <laughs> you ought to do something different. And people in the U.S. kind of look down on interspecies bestiality. Yeah. 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 And all those <laughs> birds they don't know about. Um, there, <laughs> there, there,
0: which there is a are, shame. i Oh God. There, so oh, so I've actually uh, I've been down and out still with this Deadpool burn on me and so I'm yeah, I've been, it's nasty. been watching uh, a bunch of samurai movies and just kind of hunkering down and just you know criterion on and out well to, to, is that a...
1: That's here every weekend burnt arm or not
0: <laughs> No but sometimes
1: I don't get to spend enough time down but now I'm really down Anyway let's move on let's go ahead and dive right into our movie news shall we let's yes our first bit of, <laughs> our first bit of movie news does not involve scooby-doo mustachio <coughs> um <laughs> she she got me going there She was doing curious dog she's doing <laughs> or was that <laughs> is that, was that the that official sh- name of that
0: sound <laughs>
1: curious dog
0: there's so many little dogs in this studio i can't tell who's who's doing if
1: that. she uploaded that to like soundcloud it would be curious underscore dog dot mp3 (laughs) it's a curious dog do it again lady one (laughs) 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 all right so our first bit of movie news um right on the heels of avengers coming out right in the middle of avengers hysteria the ant-man and the wasp full trailer dropped (gasps) and i will say that after watching the avengers it was a nice little palate cleanser i'm like Oh, something, something joyful is to come.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you know, good old-fashioned humorous romp, which is what this looks like. I, I absolutely loved this trailer. I giddy-smiled throughout the whole thing. It looks like uh, Hank Pym's tech is very sought after. Uh, some criminal is getting a hold of some of his tech again, and uh, this villain called Ghost is going to be able to phase through walls and such. And they didn't touch on this in the trailer, but I do know that a large portion of the plot does involve them going into the quantum realm to retrieve Janet Van Dyne, Ooh. Uh, the original Wasp, played oh. by Michelle Pfeiffer. Yes! Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer was not in this trailer, so I think they're showing us a lot of maybe uh, early in the film stuff. And if this is just the first half of the film with all of this hilarious stuff, I'm really looking forward to this. They show things like making giant salt shakers fly up and using them as weapons and Luis getting shrunk down yeah. in a car and, fr- and freaking out. <laughs> and Ant-Man essentially riding on the back of a truck like it's a giant skateboard. Just, <laughs> just stuff that looks so fun and so funny. And, and, and again, af- after Avengers, it was much needed and I loved it. And I'm definitely looking forward to this movie so much. Uh, what did you think about this trailer? Is it hitting you in all the right feely places? Lady Wan, go.
2: Oh, yes. Paul Red always makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's just, he's exactly what we need right now. We're all a little emotional. Infinity War was a lot and he's just gonna make me feel better. So I'm excited for it. It looks super funny and Michael Pena is amazing.
1: What was one of the things in the, in the trailer that, that really stood out to you?
2: Oh, I love what Michael Pena is uh, talking about like, oh yeah, Cause we robbed you, remember? Yeah, like, yeah. it's just so silly. <laughs> but it's just his delivery; like he can make any line just hilarious. He's so good. He
1: really is fantastic as Louis. He's so yeah, good.
0: He makes you think he's gonna make Michael Douglas like bust out laughing or something at any point. I think
1: him, <laughs> um, but it's not gonna happen. He's too serious. Yeah. And I'm glad to see that. Uh, it Looks like the whole crew is back there. Yes. Got, uh, Luis, Michael Pena, who uh, the other guys? Um, Ti uh-huh and
2: that russian guy <laughs> yeah his
1: last name is his name is like Dosmalchian or something anyway that <laughs> looks like that whole robbery cruise back which i'm glad about i'm, I'm glad that luis is going to be a, a, a big part of this again yes what is uh what do you think mustachio this trailer what what were what was like something that really stood out to you and also how has this heightened your anticipation
0: yeah um let's see i
1: yeah I, I visually i knew i
0: was gonna like what i saw saw coming from off the other trailer where we saw like the pez dispenser get like <laughs> like blown up um yes. but i wanted to see more you know micro effects i wanted to see more gigantism and we got to see that so it looks like like there's a hilarious sequence where paul rudd's trying to like teen wolf on top of like a trailer bed truck <laughs> yeah that's This looks good. I I also, I I like Michael Pena's humor in it. It, I, I felt like in the last movie, some of his jokes were just too, you know, too much, or at least the same joke was done over and over, and it wasn't really hitting for me. But it looks like for this one, I mean, at least with the editing of the trailer, I, I'm, I'm really excited. Something I'm looking forward to the most that I saw out of the trailer was a, a couple of effects shots where it looks like they're back in the quantum realm. And that, that shit looks really cool to me. So I'm, I'm excited to see more of that because it's dangerous when you get to the quantum level. I mean, that's, yeah. where, that's where Janet Van Dyne disappeared, right? She went too yep. far into the
1: missile and, and yeah. supposedly the Quantum Realm stuff is where this movie is going to intersect with Avengers 4. Ah.
0: On right? the micro because, level?
1: Yeah. There's speculation that you know they're going to go into the, the Quantum Realm. And mm-hmm. since space and time work differently there, they're not going to be affected by Thanos' snap. And <gasps> when they pop out of the Quantum wow. Realm, half of everyone's going to be gone. Ooh. That's just some of the, the I think theories I just got that goosebumps. are- that are, that are some of the theories that are out there. So, But we do know that somehow the quantum realm is going to factor into how Ant-Man and the Wasp tie into uh, the next Avengers film. And can we just stop for a second and acknowledge that that trailer had an ant playing the drums?
0: <laughs> it did! <laughs> where was that coming from?
1: What is that scene? I just want to know what the heck that scene is. Because you know the daughter's got like the pet ant now.
2: Right? Oh, yeah.
1: Did she teach it to play the drums? <laughs> like, is there going to be a scene where she's playing like a little guitar and the aunt's playing the drums like behind her?
2: <laughs> it's so cute. I can't wait.
1: All right. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's your thing and I stole it. <laughs> there you go. Good delivery. All right, let's move on to our next piece of movie news here. So Paul Feig, 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 Feig? Feig? which what is it? Feig? Flug? Fleur? Uh I forget. Feig? I mean it's Feige. Well, That's say? Kevin, but Paul Feig. Yeah. Feige's the Marvel man. This is Feigy without the e. So, do you th- it's I think it's Paul Feig. Sure. Yeah, okay. So anyway, Paul Feig who directed The Ghostbusters reboot. He also directed Spy and some episodes of Freaks and Geeks and stuff like that, also Bridesmaids. He has said that he is down to make a sequel to his Ghostbusters film, the poorly received Ghostbusters film. Didn't make as much money as the studio wanted or anticipated, or didn't spawn a new Busterverse, but um, do we want that? Do you want a sequel to this iteration of Ghostbusters, Lady One?
2: Yes, Absolutely. I really liked it. I had a good time. I was entertained. Chris Hemsworth is amazing. Um, I would be fine just following this crew again. Not every character was as strong as the others. Like there were, there's, there's room for improvement. Absolutely. But I don't think you need a whole new cast to move this forward. And the end of it does, I think it's like a post-credit scene maybe or a mid-credit. Uh, teases a sequel. So I'm fine with this same crew sticking around for another one.
1: What, what was the post-credit scene?
2: uh they're listening to like a tape on playback and they're like who's Zool?
1: Oh. oh yeah there is no dana only Zool. yeah oh okay so they tease the return of Zool. yes forgot that so you are on board for it yeah are you on board for it or do you think that this current universe is busted Mustachio?
0: No, I don't. I don't think it's busted. Um, I think, uh, yeah, the movie not doing so well at first run isn't a good sign. But a revival, you know, and more marketing, a better campaign to kind of, you know, bring the the humor in this and bring the the, the female forms of these Ghostbusters to the attention of everybody, and make make the cool. You know, Marshmallow Man or something come back, Slimer or whatever. I, I didn't get to actually see the uh, the Ghostbusters remake, and I I still want to see it. I like all those girls, and I know I'm gonna laugh. Uh, I I want to see a Ghostbusters too. I feel like I, I need to do a, a back to back, see them both all in one run. Uh, you didn't see it? No, I I didn't. I, uh, I mean, I need to. <laughs> It's okay. I need to get my plasma pack back on and, and go see it. If it's not Criterion, you're just like, forget about this. No, not entirely. I'm not, I'm not a, a film snob.
1: But.
2: Yeah, we make you see a lot of shit for this show. <laughs> yeah, you must
1: be tortured weekly. Oh man, because Believe me, on, the, the sassy because are on. summaries are a lot on easier show. when
0: the movie sucks. Um, yeah. <laughs> like when the movie doesn't suck, uh, I'm like, oh fuck, I actually have to describe this movie at full, you know, form.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I'll see it. I'll, I'll definitely know, see it. I, you know, when I thought about this, my first thought was, oh no, and then I really started thinking about it, and I'm like you know, I actually think I would totally let this cast have another go. I didn't really think the problems with the movie were the cast at all. I thought the problem was just the plot was dumb. It It never felt in that movie like any stakes were high. Um,
2: It felt kind of small until like the very end.
1: It felt small. I didn't understand how some of the characters were relating to each other. I really didn't understand why Leslie Jones becomes a Ghostbuster. She's like, I know New York, and I'm like, that works in the eighties, you know? <laughs> when, when when GPS wasn't a thing. Yeah. <laughs> but these days you've literally got a high powered computer in your pocket with a phone. You don't need someone who knows New York. Knows all the fun places like, to go. Is yeah. that that's yeah. that's gotta yeah. be a yeah. thing still now? She's basically like Stefan. <laughs> <laughs> I know New York and I have a car. You're hired to join our paranormal scientific crew. The The ghosts themselves looked a little corny, but the cast was really, really game. Hemsworth was Ugh. exposed as a comedy.
2: Amazing. You're so good. As
1: an amazing comedian <laughs> with amazing, amazing timing. Ugh. And I feel like that crew could really pull off a better movie than the first one. Yeah. So I'm all about giving him a second go around. Let's see it. Do it, Feig. Next on our docket, we're going to do another quick trailer. The folk hero that just won't go away. We're getting yet another Robin Hood, this time starring Taron Egerton, who we talked about last week as our Elton John in Rocket Man. He's now another cherished Brit. (laughs) (laughs) Robin Hood. Did you watch this trailer? What did you think about it? Does anyone... If Russell Crowe and Ridley Scott can't make anyone care about Robin Hood, does anyone care about Robin Hood? Let me know your thoughts on this Robin Hood trailer. I'll let you go first this time. Mustachio. I I, I hope they can still
0: make us care. I mean, yeah, this, this um, wandering band of merry men and uh, this folk hero is kind of beaten into the dirt. Actually, one of my favorite like uh, Disney movies or maybe some kind of cartoon was Robin Hood when I was little. It's Disney. Disney, okay, yeah. He's the fox. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it's so good. So technically, they've still got me and my boyish excitement for Robin Hood each time because that still you know holds for me. I think I would still you know want to watch this because of the the action because of how the how they play it up. Like Taron Edgerton looks like he's gonna produce you know a good very nimble uh, robin hood jumping around shooting very nimble. i mean he's like flipping around doing twirls he's like yeah. he looks like jackie chan you know like stunt next work.
1: to russell crowe's robin hood <laughs> uh, uh that's rigid stephen hawking was nimble
0: yeah he's like i'm not jumping for anybody and
1: like, Taron Edgerton's like, oh, yeah, I'll do flips off those castle walls. Doesn't matter. The director's like, we didn't ask you to do that. Stop <laughs> flipping off the walls, please.
0: He's like, I don't get to do this enough in the movies. <laughs> yeah, it looks exciting. I don't think cool. it's going to, yeah, it's not definitely not going to take us in the Ridley Scott direction. Um, it looks like a good new interpretation of Robin Hood. And it looks kind of dark, too. I'm excited. What about you? What about you guys? What do
1: y'all think? Lady Wan, what did you think of this Robin Hood trailer we're getting him yet again
2: yeah I would have bet like a hundred bucks that this was a Guy Ritchie movie oh like it just feels flashy and empty and hollow and just a lot of slow-mo and yeah it's got all
1: those slow-mo like (sighs) I'm jumping through a hallway and slow-mo all my arrows are coming out and hitting all the bad guys guys. yeah (laughs) (laughs) which felt stale like years ago already
2: yeah There was really nothing here that I was like, oh, that's a cool, interesting, unique idea. I was like, you're not even if you I'm not saying you can't retell a story that's been retold (laughs) ad nauseum, but do it in (laughs) an interesting way. And this was just like, oh, if you want to see this movie, you could also see that bad King Arthur movie, which is the same thing. I don't know. It just doesn't look you have to bring something new to it if you're going to do an old idea. And I'm not getting that from this.
1: Mm hmm. I guess I understand updating things for different generations, but at this point, I don't know who cares about Robin Hood enough. There's been so many compelling stories written since the story of Robin Hood. Eventually, stories just outlive their excitement. And I feel like Robin Hood might have outlived its excitement. While that story was poignant and exciting for somebody at the time it was written, I just don't think we live in that world anymore where that's as exciting.
0: Oh, yeah. We definitely can't rob the rich to feed the poor now in this
1: political climate. <laughs> I'm not all about this movie at all. Taron Edgerton, why? Stick to movies where you sing. <laughs> So they've casted a, the live-action Dora the Explorer film.
0: What? <laughs>
1: a young actress named Isabella Moner has been cast. I forgot that they were doing this, really. I just want to know, do you have any anticipation for this, for this Dora the Explorer live-action film that will be starring Isabella Moner? Do you, uh, Lady One, do you have any like childhood experience with Dora the Explorer? Um, As our youngest fixer.
2: <laughs> So which you like to
1: remind us of all the time? I mean, but I am. So.
2: <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fan of Dora the Explorer. <laughs> I have I am familiar with the plot structure of a Dora episode. I understand. Which is? Well, she's got to have her map, her backpack, her friend Boots the Monkey. There's various songs. Good name boots yeah boots the monkey um her cousin diego used usually there i think they added him like after the first season and they've got to have the map that takes them to where they're trying to get to and they reference the map multiple times and there's different things the kids have to help her decide it's very it's one of those shows where like what blues clues did where dora will ask a question and then she just stands there and blinks <laughs> while the kids are answering hi i'm dora what's your name What's your name? And so if you're like an adult like I was and you're just watching it by yourself, <laughs> you're just sitting there in silence while this cartoon character blinks at you. And then she's like, yeah, that's right. Let's go up the tree. And I'm like, I didn't I didn't say anything. <laughs>
1: and you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. The cartoon read it, my mind. Didn't it's didn't a even cute show, anything. though. <laughs> I, I didn't even say anything, but it read my mind. Oh, that's fun. that's that's cool. <laughs> I did think they should go over the river. How, how
0: are and they going to the do mountain. that now how for the live action know? one? Like, like the, <laughs> the stopping and looking at you?
1: Yeah, is this live action? <laughs> yeah, this, the live action character is going to just stop in the middle of the movie and stare at the whole crowd.
2: <laughs> I hope there's at least one moment in the movie where she's just like waiting for somebody to answer. Just. Like, nice little wink to the source material. Yeah. Do that. Looking
1: down at the map. Do you think Boots the monkey is going to look realistic or going to look like I think it's like going to be a real
2: monkey. That's my guess.
1: Are you looking forward to this?
2: Surprisingly, yes. Like, it sounds cute and fun. Cool. I'm into it. Cool. Um,
1: Mustachio, you have you have thoughts
0: on this I'm one? intrigued. Um, you know, just as a passerby person that doesn't have kids and, like, sees this on... As an adult, I'm like that looks entertaining for a child that age. Let's see. I I don't know what to expect. I mean, I'm I'm like with, with our think tanking about what this live action thing could look like. <laughs> I'm kind of intrigued. Like, is this gonna be like culty in years to come? Like, like how did this get made? Kind of thing. I'm intrigued. So I'm on board. I mean. <laughs> I feel like it's just going to like be like ripping on itself possibly for a, a, an adult audience. Or I guess maybe the audience is growing up that it, it once had and now they can see a live action version of it and they're like, "Oh yeah, I got all those answers right."
1: Do you think they're going to go ahead and make this PG-13? Why would they? Oh, yeah, I mean, do we want PG-13 no. Dora? Like... Do we want it to be basically like like Tomb Raider <laughs> no. Dora? She's going to drop like a Spanish swear word. Uh, boots. You're f- sticking out. <laughs> Oops. I think this is gonna end up being kind of like Tomb Raider Lite, uh, version with a monkey, which I think will probably end up being better than Tomb Raider the version that we that we got earlier this year. Uh, I think the actress that they cast is perfect. She's a Nickelodeon alum. She was on the show 100 Things to Do Before High School, and she's ap- appeared in a few uh, Nickelodeon movies. And then she made kind of her big screen splash in the film Transformers: The Last Night. She was the the young girl in that, so I think she's gonna be perfect for it. She's shown her her action chops. She's got her kitty yeah. corny chops <laughs> with Nickelodeon, and I don't know. We'll see how this one turns out. I am awaiting a trailer for it. Is there anything in the old like Nickelodeon Parthenon that you'd like to see get remade? Oh, thank. Well, oh, that's a good one. I think probably the most obvious <laughs> one is by <probably> Legends <laughs> of the Hidden Temple. Is just kind of ripe. Is kind of yeah. ripe for that. Like that, yeah. that game yeah. show. No.
2: They were doing something with that, but then I don't think it ended up being what everyone wanted it to be.
1: I think they've made a Legends of the Hidden Temple like Nickelodeon yeah. like made for T V movie.
2: Yeah, it looks like they did that in twenty sixteen. Oh, and she was in it. Oh, <laughs> oh. there you go.
1: Nickelodeon. <laughs> yeah, she's she's like a big she's a big Nick star. Good for her. How about you, uh, Lady Wan, is there any like anything in the Nickelodeon pantheon that you feel like is ripe for a for being plucked up into the into the big screen. Oh,
2: see, I don't know. I like I like my nostalgia to be intact. I don't want them ruining stuff for me.
1: <laughs> Keep but it the same.
2: I'm picky. Yeah. I'm hard to please. I don't know.
1: For me it's 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 might even be uh Pete and Pete.
2: See, I don't want them to touch it. I love them.
1: <laughs> you love Pete and Pete?
2: I do. I still follow uh Michael Morona on on Twitter. Was that was like, that
1: older Pete or big little Pete. Pete? Big Pete. Yeah. How, how old yeah. is Big Pete now?
2: Uh, I don't know. I think he had a baby. Um, like recently. <laughs> a little red-haired baby. He's probably. Yeah, no, I I love that show so much. Yeah. Like, I would I would probably get upset at the idea of anyone touching it. Oh, I just love it. It's the best. I want to go watch it right now. I would yeah. do that. I
1: would do Pete and Pete, Legend of the Hidden Temple, or maybe live-action Rugrats. What do you think?
2: That's just a bunch of babies crawling around. No, but babies. they go on adventures
1: and stuff. No, you wouldn't like a live-action Rugrats?
2: Well, no, that feels weird. Um, well,
0: I mean, it's just irresponsible parenting at that point because those kids are just leaving the house at all times. and.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and Tommy always has a screwdriver in his diaper. That's not safe.
1: You can't make that movie yeah, these days no. with how outraged everybody is these days.
0: Uh, I, I got one. Really? How about since we're seeing stuff like Wet Hot American Summer, what about like
1: salute your shorts
0: i
2: was thinking yeah. about that
1: oh.
2: one <laughs> oh. they are all grown
1: up i just put that in the same category as like hey dude hey yeah i loved hey dude as just like uh, like nothing that happened in either of those shows is very cinematic it's just no, no. they're just <laughs> just random and <laughs> uh, embarrassing i don't know random embarrassing stuff happened and as kids you were like
0: ah, ha 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 just, he messed up in the camp
1: song <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know. Uh, I love how that show, Hey Dude, was like, everybody was, first of all, everybody was obviously much, much older than the characters they were portraying. Mm -hmm. But then there was the one, the the Native American guy, I think his name was- Danny? Yeah, Danny was obviously in his 30s. (laughs) (laughs) Danny was so much older than everybody else. Oh, okay. Anyway, so- I have yeah. to revisit that show. I need to revisit some of these Nick shows and try to try to figure out which one that I want them to pull out of the, the, the Nick soup to make into a live action adventure. <laughs> Cinematic. Speaking of things that have been plucked out of the soup, plucked out of the Star Wars soup was solo. And after Outrage, you know, when the first trailer trailer dropped, some people thought that Alden I still don't know how to say this dude's last <laughs> name. Just wing
2: it. I think it's Aaron Reich.
1: Aaron. Oh, okay. Uh, and Alden. <coughs> no. Alden Aaron Reich. After Alden Aaron. <laughs> wow. This so is after just the bad. guy playing after the <laughs> after the guy playing solo came out, his you know his <laughs> you his go. performance is not very Harrison Ford esque. Also, there was all the stuff with the directors being fired and Ron Howard being brought in. I just realized Ron Howard is like the ultimate screen fixer. Yeah. Ron yeah, Howard is. is like Screen Fix Hall of Fame. We got I <laughs> yeah,
0: I just came in there and, uh, and changed Came the in there and fixed the whole movie. Wow. Now. Screen
1: Fix Hall of Fame, Ron Howard. We have to buy him there. Hope he's just fixing shit up. He's just fixing it. Wow. We, we should have him on here because he Oh yeah, let's cause see he that. would do oh, it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Ron Howard came in to. Uh, helm the film after the directors were left. There's all this talk of uh, Alden having to have an acting coach. So much controversy, so much trouble on this film. So, after all that, of course, we've already discussed the, the trailer uh, at length, but it looks like this might be a success. Right now, early tracking has Solo breaking the Memorial Day weekend record. What do you guys think about this? I, I really don't know what additionally to say about it. I was, I'm gonna, uh, uh, ah. Does this surprise you, Mustachio? It surprises me so much.
0: <laughs> no, I haven't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Work with me here. Man.
0: Um, does it surprise me that it's getting such um, like early acceptance or something?
1: Yeah, and I actually, when I was in Avengers, they have a, a trailer for this before Avengers, and behind me, Somebody clapped. Nice when the trailer started. Yeah, I was like, oh. And you judge them? No, I, I don't. I, you know this. I would. Have. Did they <laughs> clap at the end of Avengers and you just threw popcorn at them? You know the, tra- <laughs> it's tracking strong. Uh, it's tracking higher than Rogue One uh, and also tracking higher than Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Just what? To put that in per. Yeah. So just to put that in uh, perspective, yeah. Wow. So uh, surprising. It's got really strong buzz. I mean,
0: it's Star Wars
1: has got like a diehard fan base. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and they say that the the interest in it is even more than Spider Man Homecoming was. It. So yeah, this is uh, might be huge. And after all of the problems, are you surprised by this? Does this up your uh, anticipation? Uh, what do you think, uh, Lady Wan?
2: So. At first, I was surprised by this. At first, I was like, oh, really? Because I've not heard anything overwhelmingly positive. But then I went and looked up the other top Memorial Day (laughs) releases. It's Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End and Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of Uh. the Crystal Skull. So, yeah, this tracks like this is going to be another one that's just a money making franchise. So it's going to make a ton of money and it probably will be fine. Not great just fine because yeah that's what I guess this weekend is for that I didn't realize until just now
1: yeah I was actually surprised by it I you know the way that people online poo-poo it but you know watching the the trailer and hearing the person clap almost like clapped me out of my judgment I was like oh Oh. okay and I was like (laughs) yeah well when they started clapping when the trailer started I was like all right and I watched it and I was like did you this looks like a relatively exciting decent movie did you Uh, did you find
0: that that clap to be a, a new hope <clears throat>
1: sorry I'll just um, yeah so it, it, the only thing weird about this movie is Han Solo is literally the least interesting character on screen <laughs> during this during his own movie I'm definitely on board I'm excited to see Lando I'm excited to see Wookiees Chewbacca I'm so excited for that stuff I'm not excited at all to watch Han Solo in this movie but uh I'm excited to see this kind of like this experiment in Hollywood filmmaking, just how you can bring on two directors, have them complete a massive portion of this movie and then have somebody come in behind them and just just fix it all up. I'm excited to see that as someone who likes to watch movies and study movies. But I'm also going to get Star Wars feels for it. And you're right. uh, This does track because this is just Star Wars. I mean, if the most poorly received (laughs) Indiana Jones movie can come out and just shatter records. So can Solo. Yeah. You're a a teacher? Part time. All right. So it's time. The moment we've been waiting for. Yes. I saw this. I saw this movie for the first time weeks ago, and I'm ready to talk about it. Let's dive into Avengers Infinity War. 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 Whoa. Is he falling asleep? <laughs> the worldwide phenomenon broke the opening weekend record. Fastest movie to reach 1 billion. But I don't have the real breakdown. Lady One is our statistician. <laughs> Go for it, lady one. Give us them stats for Avengers: Infinity War, worldwide phenomenon.
2: It made all of the money. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Not half of all the money?
2: <laughs> yes, it was 258.2 million in the US. 640 million uh globally in that first weekend.
1: It, it it broke the domestic record that was held by Force Awakens, correct? And it right. and it broke the worldwide record that was held by one of the Fast and Furious movies.
2: Fate of the Furious. Yeah. Yeah. So as of May fourth, it's at three hundred and seventy million U.S., six hundred million international, and like JC said, fastest movie to hit a billion. It's eighty four percent fresh on Rotten Tomatoes and has an audience score of ninety two percent.
1: Audiences love it. I loved it. I saw it twice. Um, what was the experience like for you in the in the, in the theater when you saw this one, Lady one?
2: It was probably the best movie viewing experience of my life. Wow. Like, wow. It was. Hey, yeah. I was dead center in the IMAX, 7 o'clock that Thursday night, and everyone was just buzzing. Everyone was wearing their T-shirts. There was a guy walking in with Hulk hands. <laughs> And it just got all the reactions that you wanted. People cheered, people laughed, people like yelled out like, no, when things happen. It was just fantastic. Everyone was fully into it. The whole and... cans
1: guy was like, womp, womp.
2: I know. <laughs> <laughs> he got his like one little scene.
1: Yeah. He got his ass beat. <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, what was the biggest uh, reaction in your in your theater, Lady One?
2: It's tough to say if it was louder when Cap appeared in the shadows, or when Rubber Band Man started playing and we got the Guardians. Yeah, those were yeah. the two biggest yeah. moments of everyone. <laughs> oh, and also the reaction to the Iron Spider suit having the legs yeah. was like huge. The whole theater started cheering. Oh, nice.
1: that nice. sounds great. How was, was your awesome. How was your theater experience, Mustachio?
0: Good. The first time I saw it, yeah, I was definitely there on opening like screening night. Uh, with two close friends, and the audience reactions were, yeah, they were happening.
1: <laughs> they were
0: happening. <laughs> like they, they reacted the same with the when we follow the camera into the Milano. Yeah, with the Guardians, I, I felt like nobody was like cheering, but y- you could sense the energy.
2: Aw.
1: Yeah, the
0: the laughter definitely happened uh, with like Iron so man. many jokes in this movie. So oh, many, man. good,
1: so many good jokes. I thought. Yeah, yeah. There was there's a lot of great jokes in there, and most of them landed. From what I could tell, from the within the theater, mm-hmm. oh, lots yeah. of laughing. Like every time Thor called Rocket Rabbit, yeah, he was calling Rocket Raccoon Rabbit the entire time. It was so <laughs> funny. Peter Quill saying he's got to you know get back at it and get a Bowflex because he's getting kind of fat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or when when uh, Drax says this looks like a pirate. <laughs>
2: And an angel yeah yeah <laughs> looks like a pirate made <laughs> love
1: to an angel <laughs> he keeps he keeps
0: calling him the god man <laughs> yeah god, man. <laughs> oh man i uh, laughed my ass off with drax again i was so happy he's got like that super ability to you know stay
1: silent <laughs> yeah and but he them. obviously doesn't at all yeah <laughs> yeah so much so much good humor and a, a lot of great opportunities for crowd reaction yeah. Do you remember which one you think got the, the biggest one in your theater?
0: Uh, the biggest one in my theater was actually Squidward. <laughs> Squidward <laughs> yeah. was a good one. Yeah, Squidward. I, I felt like everybody was on, on with like Tony Stark at that
1: at that moment.
2: Yeah. My theater enjoyed Earth is Closed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Earth Is Closed was good. Just so much so much goodness there.
0: I mean Ebony Mall was getting a lot of jokes thrown at him and he was just like a joke vacuum.
1: He didn't. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> so I ordered my Avengers tickets, obviously, way long, 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 long time ago. And I got them for Dead Center IMAX opening night, ordered them from Fandango, had my receipt and, and everything, went to the theater. Someone was in my seats. Oh, I had to go to the front. They went and checked the person's tickets. And sure enough, they were valid tickets for that night, that seat, that time. What? And so, and, and so were mine. So they double booked your seat? They said to me, sorry, That's there's crazy. nothing we can do. We can refund your money. Nope. What? There's nothing I could do. I couldn't, what What am I going to do? Kick the, the two kids out of their seats? I don't know what to do. That's so, crazy. So I ended up just seeing, they put me for free in a standard theater, uh, a showtime that they added. It was weird. There was only about 10 people in the theater because it was like a weird showtime that they just added. Ugh. And Sounds awful. yeah, there was no one in there. No one laughed at any of the jokes. No one laughed at any of the reveals or, like, reacted in the reveals. It was terrible. And I left. That
2: sucks. And it
1: kind of, like... Took away your it, op- your opening night audience kind of reactions. Kind of left a, a bad feeling in my mouth. But So I, I went back and saw it again. This time, IMAX, dead center. Ooh. And with all the crowd, even though it was, it was a couple of days later, the crowd was still all about it. Biggest reaction for me was just uh, in my theater was the Red Skull reveal. Mm. Uh, when Red Skull showed up, first of all, everybody went, <gasps> but some somebody behind me was like,
2: oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, just was
1: wow. to- totally freaking <laughs> out. Yeah.
2: My theater spaz. And, of
1: course, was that person who was explaining to all her friends who that is. Like, you know, just you could hear her behind me. and then, Yeah, I heard an audible, who's that, when Red Skull came out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then you could hear oh. the necks turning, like, like people just <laughs> looking over like all oh, the
1: next turning. Who's that? Who? So
2: That happened to me.
1: <laughs> oh, no. I did not
2: ask. Mr. Lady One asked, who's that? Yeah. And I just was like, shh. Yeah, I'll tell you later. Was, oh.
1: <laughs> you're, you're embarrassing me. <laughs> I did. Me. I
2: waited. I waited like until like, they were talking a little. And then I was like, that's a bad guy from Captain
1: America. It's fine. My crowd did clap and cheer when Thor shows up back on Earth.
2: Yeah, the whole audience went nuts. Yes, when
1: he Not comes either. like slamming down and just just killing everything and I actually got very like giddy and felt all nice inside too. But so yes, yeah, so there was clapping, cheering right then when when Thor shows up and it's just like heightened by the fact that Mark Ruffalo very dorkily was like you are all so screwed now. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> oh man, he's so cute. Yeah. Because it, at that moment, Mark Ruffalo was all of us. <laughs> like he was all of, he was all of us yeah. in the theater. He looked inebriated
0: <laughs> inside of the Hulkbuster <laughs> yeah, <he> suit. <laughs> like, yes, yeah. that's, that's that's a that's a funny Bruce Banner. I want to hear him speak more lines he like was that. That's a funny Bruce Banner?
1: <laughs> so that part also got the other reaction. But I love this movie. But of course, we're gonna fix it, and we fix movies that we love because we're, we're nerds. We just like to do this. But before we fix them, what was the plot of this? Why don't you give us your sassy summary, Mustachio?
0: All right. Open on the Asgardian refugee ship. As it's getting blown apart, we hear Ebony Maul describe that those that are left alive are being saved by Thanos. Thor is all broken, and now Thanos is putting the purple power gem to his head while Loki is watching. Hulk gets his ass kicked, and Heimdall transports Hulk back to Earth. But then Thanos kills Heimdall. Thor says, I'll kill you for that. Loki gives over the Tesseract to him before he puts a knife in his face and Thanos strangles him to death. Uh, Two deaths in the first five minutes. Okay, now Hulk crash lands inside the Sanctum Sanctorum because he wants to find him some strange. Now Doctor Strange portal jumps with Bruce Banner to tell Tony Stark that shit's going down. They go back to the Sanctum, and Wong informs Tony about what the Infinity Stones are and that the green one is currently hanging from Doctor Strange's neck. Tony calls out Doctor Strange for using the words hither unto while doing his post-run stretches and leaning against the cauldron of the cosmos. (laughs) He lets Banner know that the Avengers broke up, and before he calls Steve Rogers on the flip phone, that's when outside they hear all hell starting to break loose. While outside we see the giant donut ship, of thanos's children hovering over the new york city and peter parker sees it makes his way up to it tony stark dr strange banner and wong go confront Supergiant and ebony mall this is a pretty funny interaction where we also get to see tony's new liquid suit stored uh inside of his center chest piece uh emit from its uh, liquid state now uh, the Maul has got some crazy telekinetic power, and he works to fuck up Doctor Strange to take the time, gym. Uh Banner can't get a Hulk to come out, so he's useless. Iron Man fights Supergiant before Wong teleports him to a snowy landscape somewhere, and that's when Tony says, Wong, you're invited to my wedding. The Maul takes Strange onto the big donut while Iron Man and Spider-Man hitch a ride before it goes into light speed. Cut to Scotland, where the Vision and Scarlet Witch have been sneaking in time with each other. They see the news of the invasion. Right then, Corvus Glaive appears out of nowhere and impales Vision with his Glaive spear thing. Now, Wanda is defending her boy against Glaive and Proxima Midnight. Okay, after a bit of fighting, the Scarlet Witch and her man need serious help, and that's when Steve Rogers, Black Widow, and Falcon, a.k.a. the flying guy with the Uzis, show up and whoop that ass. Back on board the Milano, the Guardians are jamming out as usual, and we see a teenage group playing video games, saying stuff like, I am Groot. Now, they're following the distress call from what turns out to be the Asgardians, and they let Thor into their ship. They inspect this unfamiliar godman. He awakens and tells them about Thanos. Gamora knows about this all too well. Groot, Rocket, and Thor go to Nidavellir, where they meet Eitri, who is the last dwarf weapons maker left alive. With their help, they reignite a dying star in order to forge an axe named Stormbreaker. And Groot saves a day and gives it an awesome new Groot handle. Gamora and the gang go to nowhere with a K. To stop Thanos from getting the reality gem from the Collector, Gamora asks Quill to agree to kill her when she gives him the go-ahead and so as to stop Thanos from finding out what she knows. In Nowhere, we see Tenlier Devon's tanks, and I hear a blue man Tobias from Arrested Development was in there somewhere. Anywho, they roll up on Thanos, and he's already taken the reality gem, and he tests Star-Lord, the new boyfriend, or the titan-killing long-term booty call, as Quill puts it. Uh, To see if he'll kill Gamora, but Thanos' controlled reality doesn't allow it, and Gamora is stolen away. Back on Earth, Cap is still a war criminal, but he meets up with War Machine anyway, and Banner's back. They go to Wakanda and try to separate Vision from the Mind Gem using Shiri's Vibranium Neurotech. Bucky gets a sweet new arm and then reunites with Cap. Buck states uh, his love for this place uh, when the Wakandians' badass defenses are tested by the ensuing alien invasion. There's a huge battle with Banner inside of the Hulkbuster armor and the Wakandian forces fighting an ass ton of alien beast things that don't seem to mind getting burned to death by the force field perimeter. Well, finally, the Scarlet Witch leaves to go help in the fight because she's the shit, and that's when Corvus Glaive sneaks in to fuck up the Vision. Scarlet Witch kills Proxima Midnight and her blue goop lands on Black Widow's face. Ew! thor shows up with his big ass axe and bringing the lightning and rains down in africa (laughs) yeah he fucks some shit up it's it's great uh we see a flashback sequence of gamora as a child being taken by thanos and the people of her home planet being killed he explains the purpose of balance to the little one older gamora is telling thanos that that ain't right killing all those people and shit but he seems to think that this creates peace and plenty when you kill half of everybody when there's overpopulation. He wants to know where to find that soul glow. I mean, Jim. After she witnesses Nebula get tortured, Gamora tells him that it's on some planet that starts with an eye or something. They get to this planet and the Red Skull is there. Red Skull is voiced by Master Impressionist Ross Marquand doing his best Hugo weaving. It's good. He tells him that the only way to obtain the gem is to sacrifice a soul for a soul, but it's got to be one that you love. Well, he sheds a tear, and to Gamora's surprise, he throws her from the cliff to her death. Fuck. Cut to the Maul's ship, Dr. Strange is getting needles put into his pretty face. Well, it'd be a lot prettier if he had a mustache instead of that goatee. Iron Man asks Spider-Man how he would fight the powerful Maul, and since Spidey's seen Alien Covenant, They blow a hole in the side of the ship and let them all get sucked out into space. Yeah! Spidey catches Doctor Strange and Tony reseals the ship. Well, now they ain't turning around. They decide to ride that bitch all the way to the Mad Titan's home planet of... Titan. The Guardians show up on Titan because Nebula called him, and when they do, they start fighting Spider-Man, Iron Man, and Doctor Strange. It's a funny moment when they all realize who each other are because Thor told the Guardians about him. Peter Quill finally gets to meet some other Earthlings but he didn't like it too much to hear from Spidey that Footloose was never Earth's greatest film. Aww. Dr. Strange peers into the future where he witnesses one success against Thanos amidst 14 million or so failures. They band together to hatch a plan to steal the Infinity Gauntlet and Thanos arrives to tell Dr. Strange how this place used to look. They start fighting his big ass and try to knock him down and just when they've got Thanos subdued, that's when Star-Lord goes all "What's in the box?" about Sweet Gamora's death, and now he's reawakened the giant, and now he's bringing that ass whooping. Thanos does his ultra-super combo move where he hurls the moon down on him. I think he, how he did it was up, down, left, right, left, right, uh, LR, LR, punch, kick, punch, kick. Afterwards, Thanos commends Iron Man for his efforts before he's going to kill him, and that's when Doctor Strange gives up the time gem in order to save Tony. He says, we're in the endgame now. Back in Wakanda, Vision impales Corvus' glaive with his own glaive, and now Thanos appears. He beats the shit out of everybody who stands in his way. After much hesitation, Scarlet Witch destroys both the Vision and the Mind Gem, but Thanos just reverses time for a minute or so, then rips the gem out of Vision's brain and tosses him aside. Now he's got all the Infinity Stones. Thor lands a big hit with his axe into Thanos' chest, but... He still he still snaps his fingers and wipes out half the universe. Cut to Thanos telling a young Gamora that what he got cost him everything. Now almost everyone is wasting away within an instant. Bucky, T'Challa, Falcon, Scarlet Witch, Groot, Drax, Mantis, Quill, Doctor Strange, and Spider-Man. Now we see the old footage of Tony Stark witnessing the death of all his friends and being unable to stop what's happening. The final sequence has Thanos waking up to a sunrise of what he believes should be a grateful universe. Credits. In the post-credit reel, we see Nick Fury and Maria Hill turn to dust, but that's when we see that
1: Fury's flip phone teases the Captain Marvel symbol. That's it. All right. Fantastic summary. Lengthy, but with a movie like this, you can't get around just how much plot there is in this thing or it, the movie two jumps 2 hours or,
2: and 40 minutes 2 hours
1: and 40 minutes and this movie jumps around and around and around and around
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'm not gonna say that it didn't feel long in my theater because there was a point in the middle where I was feeling a little bit of drag but for the most part I was just with it, with it, with it. I, I loved it, this movie. Did you love this movie as well? Pustachio, why don't you tell us a couple things that you really liked about this? We kind of touched on that a bit with our theater reactions, but just really quick, what did you really like about this movie? And did you like it?
0: Oh, my, my nerd <laughs> heart is pounding. I, I don't even know how to describe how I love this movie so much. It was the culmination of 10 years. Uh, I just loved this movie. I I think I had a a very late uh, appreciation for Doctor Strange. I didn't see the movie until like a year after it was out. And I love Doctor Strange. Oh, my gosh. He's great. Oh, my gosh. I I had a lot of high hopes how Benedict Cumberbatch was going to be him, and it was knocked out of the park. And his involvement in this movie, his depth of character, like the usage of his super intelligence, I was just enthralled so the, the jokes landed for me. Could have used a little bit more music with the Guardians, but I understand it's a totally different movie. Yeah, I mean, there was no awesome mix and so we, we knew that we weren't gonna really gonna get that. So that for me was like coming into it, knowing like each of these characters, kind of getting an understanding mm-hmm. of like what their superpowers were like. I felt like it delivered on so much. I mean, there's there's new stuff in there with like Peter Dinklage was like Etree, the the dwarf weapon maker on Nodivellier. I I liked that, like <laughs> that was that was cool. I mean, they didn't change up his appearance in his face all that much. That's definitely Peter Dinklage in there. And, it's just
1: that's basically giant Peter Dinklage. Yeah,
0: and his jokes were landing. Like my yeah. theater was laughing at. Like, yeah, that's what killing you means, or something to that effect. Yeah. Yes, but I fucking had a great time. I want to go see it again today now.
1: Lady Wan, tell us something you really liked about this movie. Well, first of all, did you like it? And yes. what were some of the things you especially liked?
2: I loved this whole movie. I loved how it made me laugh. It made me jump. It made me cheer. And then it made me get all emotional. It was It was so good. I, the script was damn near flawless. Like that is impressive to have that many quote unquote main characters and, and you didn't feel like they were fighting for screen time. Like everybody, I will say, I don't feel like everybody got maybe as much as they could have, but it definitely didn't feel like I was being pulled in different directions, even though I literally was bouncing from story to story. Um, the jokes were so great. I mean, my theater lost it when Cap said, "I am Steve Rogers." To Groot, it was so <laughs> yeah, good. that was a nice little throw in <laughs> at the end, and I and I love that too. How
1: Thor's that. like, this is my friend. He's he's a tree." <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> and I, I also particularly loved Thor and Cap's exchange of like you got a haircut. I see you copied, copied my beard. My beard. Like, oh, nice. It was so cute. There's so
1: many quotable lines in this. So, so yeah. much, so much goodness. Yeah.
2: Why is Gamora?
1: Oh yeah. I'll oh, do yeah. you <laughs> one better. Why is Gamora? <laughs> <trash>? <laughs>
2: that,
1: that was good. Yeah. I'll it was, that.
2: it was really, really great.
1: Yeah. I thought that the interplay between all of the characters was awesome. I mean, you're, you're also balancing mm-hmm. all these different personalities. Yeah. And each, you know, a lot of the characters have their own distinct personalities and you feel like everybody held on to that. And yes. I did like how they said that James Gunn had his say on the Guardians and he even had them take out something that they had Star-Lord doing cuz he said Star-Lord wouldn't do that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I know cool. and I know other directors also were there and had input. Other MCU director. So it really was like a massive collaboration and they 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 really do labor to get the characters right mm-hmm. which is something that made this movie so effective.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Was everybody staying true to their their characters. So overall just like a really good experience in the the theater and I think that that's what Marvel keeps on bringing is just outstanding experiences. Mm-hmm. Right, which is what makes these so effective. Like it's it's bringing audiences what they want in the form of like a good time, jokes, excitement, strangeness, wonder. But this movie did all that without also, without pandering. You know, there, yeah. um, there's some out there stuff in here, like Thor going to that crazy forge and Peter Dinklage being a giant dwarf. And also like the ending is devastating and ends on a, such a downer. <sighs> so Marvel knocking it out of the park. So let's go ahead and let's move into our, our fixes. How about, uh, do you have a first fix for us? Lady one,
2: I do have one. We we talked about this a, a little bit about the moment when Thor arrives in Wakanda. Yeah, and I think collectively the internet agrees that that moment only would have been better if we had immigrant song playing. Oh. And th- <laughs> to that effect, there were not really all of the Avengers' individual themes. Yeah, like we get we get the Wakanda like just a taste of it when they're like, I know where we can go. But I, it would have been cool if the first time we see all of those characters, we got a beat of their their different themes. I think that could have added to the um, kind of coming together that we were getting, because the soundtrack really doesn't have their individual songs. So just just a taste of it mm-hmm. would have been nice. Yeah,
1: a little little Zeppelin for the palette. That's good. Yeah, it seems like outside of the fact that like Peter Quill has a Zune with a whole bunch of songs on it, which explains why mm-hmm. he has Earth songs from the... 70s. Um, <laughs> they seem to be scared to put songs in their films other than the score.
2: Yeah, and that, that's also what I was saying is all of these characters in their individual movies, they have their songs. So just a little touch of it could have been nice when we first see them. Yeah,
1: like when Doctor Strange is finally using his powers against Thanos mm-hmm. and he's like maybe just sprinkle in a little bit of the Doctor Strange score. Yeah. That'd be neat. It would add a little... Little flavor, uh huh. If immigrant song had started playing already in that moment, that was already one of the best moments of the film. I, my head would have exploded.
2: I know it would have been great.
1: <laughs> Mustachio, why don't you give us your first fixity doodle? All
0: right, my first uh, bitchy bitch is gonna be involving <laughs> the power gym. So Xandar got annihilated. I wanted to kind of see that.
1: Yeah, it got destroyed off off screen. Yeah. Off
0: screen, it's like they just allude to the fact that, yeah, Xandar's got fucked up because obviously he's got that purple thing in his affinity Gauntlet. I know that we get to see an awesome like all-out defense of the Nova Corps on Xandar in Guardians 1, but with all that love for this place and how they... They destroyed the whole Nova fleet of the Centurions and the Denarians, but I kind of wanted to see what was left of their defenses uh, to fall to Thanos. Maybe even just something small, like sending in Thanos' children, and we realize how bad they are, because they just, like, fuck Glenn close up. Um, I don't know. So just what happened on Xandar, because all the other gems seem to have, like, a very meaningful, when Thanos gets that gem, somebody's dying, somebody's miserable, something's going wrong. But for that one, it's just like, oh, yeah, he already did it.
1: So you would fix that by showing the, the destruction of Xandar?
0: Yeah, something something showing that the power gem was, was taken and not
1: just off screen. Well, yeah, they, they could have fixed that by making the second gem they got, which was from Loki, the first gem that he got. And then you could have later just had a jump scene where Thanos and maybe one of his Black Order are on Xandar and just, you know, they're just like destroying half of the population and like they kill John C. Riley and they grab the stone.
0: Yeah, that that would have been pretty hard for a lot of people, even though we don't have like a lot invested in that character per se. But just watching John C. Riley's friendly ass get killed, that would have been
1: that would have been hard. (laughs) (laughs) It would have been a nice cameo, I thought. Anyway,
0: Power Gem. Fucking show us that. That's that's what I got. What
1: about you, JC? You got a you got a, a minor bitch? Well, I have a lot of like minor, you know, gripes like that are really really small, but I'm not really going to nitpick too much about like like m- about miners? Like Yeah. yeah. You're going to talk about people uh, who mines? I'm going to talk about people who mine gems. Okay. Yeah, like so these are the Infinity stones but in the comic they're Infinity Gems and I really feel like they did a disservice to the miners of those gems. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's not even that funny. I don't know why I, I find know. that so funny. It's, it's not.
1: <laughs> uh, I guess I'm just kind of loopy this morning. It was just bad enough to be good. All right, so anyway, you know there's so many tiny things like when that giant ring ship comes down where to New York, it causes such a disturbance that streets are getting blown all over the place there's debris and rubble everywhere but when that same ship shows up over scotland where wanda and vision are it's up there just silently sitting there i'm like uh i mean make your ships do the same thing there's a lot of little little tiny tiny things but i guess one small one is the beginning the death of loki Mm-hmm. I thought that Loki doesn't go out in a way befitting of Loki he he's got the the tesseract which is which is true because he stole it at the end of Thor Ragnarok but when he goes up to face Thanos, he's just going to walk up and kind of charm him again into letting him join his crew and go to earth and he's got he phases his dagger in his hand First of all, if Thanos is black order if none of them see that dagger, they're useless. <laughs> Why ha- why have them around? You know, Loki's used that, that trick where he projects himself in a different place. Uh, he's used mm-hmm. it against Thor in multiple movies. And I thought as soon as he goes, hey, why don't you give me another chance to go to Earth or whatever? I thought, oh, okay, that's a projection. And he's going to like let his projection walk up to Thanos and he's going to like stab Thanos in the back or, or something. Mm-hmm. Which I thought would have been, which, you know, Maybe wouldn't have killed Thanos because Thanos has all these crazy power stones and whatnot, but would have made him more in keeping with with Loki. Loki's usually one of the smartest people in the room.
2: Yeah, it would have been much more in character for him to go out that way yeah. than just straight up, straight up trying to like surprise you and stab you.
1: Yeah, just be like, "Hey, I'm standing right in front of you. Hey, I'm going to try to stab you in the neck." Like, just it, it that didn't feel very Loki to me. How about another fix for us, Lady Wan?
2: Where was my gratuitous shirtless shot?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there was no man beef in this.
2: No, I expect it. I need it. I am paying for it. Gimme. (laughs) (laughs) Just one, come on. I
1: mean, Thor Ragnarok went so far as to give us
0: Hulk butt. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> With the, uh, the reigniting of the dying star, he could have lost his
1: top or something. Oh, his top should have blown off, and then Lady Wan would have like just flown out of her seat, <laughs> <laughs> popcorn everywhere. The bucket <laughs> of popcorn <laughs> literally <laughs> explodes in front of her, like as the as uh-huh. his top as his top <laughs> blows off and immigrant song starts <laughs> lady wants popcorn just explodes and then we have like like peter Dinklage's character
0: like actually having to address that oh did he just lose his shit
1: <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> that's really good yeah uh,
2: i just i just want that okay
1: so you would fix yes. that that scene yeah. right there and make make that yeah that's that's a good fix let's make
2: f- it's a perfect opportunity for it yeah let's yeah.
1: thor's beautiful Pectoralis Major should have been out for everyone to, to behold as he reignited a dying star. I can't think of anything more manly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really.
1: What's your next fix, Mustachio?
0: Okay, so I connect a lot with like the emotion-centric characters like Hulk and then also Scarlet Witch being able to manipulate energy and to also read people's minds and understand like there and feel that with them. She's a bit of an empath like me. So I kind of wanted more of like a description of why Hulk's not coming out. Is he, you know, he's fearful of what Thanos just did. He whooped his ass. So I guess I just wanted Hulk saying that like Hulk scared. And he's like, what? Hulk, you don't get scared, big green guy or something. Um, That's just a little bit of like nerd in me wanting to hear how they address it. And then also with Scarlet Witch, she's a fucking badass in this movie. Yeah. She actually can read people's minds without them knowing. And I felt like they could have done a little bit more with that, with the Vision. They could have just been talking to each other without their lips moving. And there could have been more of like, like she would have understood Vision's super intelligence rationale for how the mind gem should have been destroyed. And it would have helped prevent just yet another how this gem is going to be forked over to Thanos by killing one person or choosing one person over half the universe. So this is kind of like a little melding of Mm -hmm. the emotion, her actual capabilities, and then also with fixing that little gem problem.
2: I like what you're saying exactly because we already have Peter and Gamora having the couple... I have to kill you to save the universe, but I really don't want to because I totally love yeah. you. It would be, it's the exact same thing happens to that other couple. Yep. It would be a really cool contrast if we see Wanda and Vision handling it totally different because they are these completely different beings than Peter and Gamora. Like their next level, it would be oh, cool yeah. to see not the exact same interaction of like, oh, I really don't want to kill you though because we just saw that earlier. So it would be more interesting to see a, the same situation being responded to very differently.
0: Exactly. In in like this super intelligence way.
1: JC, we got a question for you. You got a you got another fix for us. I have another fix. The thing is, like my fix has to do with Vision and Wanda. So. Oh yeah. So it's gonna it's gonna take some of the stuff that you said. A little overlap, and it's gonna change it a, a little bit. Yeah, I 100% agree with your fix too. By the way, oh, well, I didn't thank you. think of that, which is good. Yeah. So the MCU has been very strange with Wanda. She's mm-hmm. the most powerful person in the universe when they need her to be. And she's the weakest thing in the universe when they need her to be. They don't, they're not very consistent with her. You know, she shows up on that, that battlefield and grabs eight gigantic spiked ships and throws them backwards like they're nothing. Like she's literally, she's the most powerful person on that whole team. And
2: yeah, and they're like, "Why wasn't she down here the whole time?"
1: Yeah, because she probably could have. She <laughs> she probably could have killed everyone if she wanted to, but they could just kind of make her have to hang out up there because she's the one to destroy the gem when they pluck it out of the head. But so they kind of explain it away like that but after seeing her take those ships and throw them like they're nothing i was like why did she struggle at all with proxima midnight and corvus glaive why did (laughs) why did either of them even land a punch to either a vision or wanda but they powered her down just just so she could be in trouble so captain america could show up wanda doesn't need captain america she's that powerful so Mm -hmm. to try to reconcile why she's so powerful at the very end and not that powerful when she's fighting just two Black Order people and to also give a little more heft to the relationship between Wanda and Vision. I I wanted to put into the character to where Vision somehow knows that Wanda is stronger than Wanda thinks she is. Mm -hmm. She just doesn't realize what she is yet she knows she can fly and she can shoot some red bursts and stuff but Vision understands exactly how powerful she is and she doesn't quite believe that or understand that which kind of explains why she uses her powers kind of to their least uh, effective in the the earlier fight scenes Mm -hmm.
2: she plays down to her competition yeah
1: whereas at the end maybe Vision somehow awakens in her emotionally she starts to believe in herself and she's realizing how powerful she is and when she she finally does have that moment that reveal of how powerful she is would be like it like an oh shit moment even more because Mm -hmm. vision's been telling her that she can do this like maybe because vision's like you have the power to actually destroy this infinity stone and she's like no i don't like maybe she doesn't believe that she can do that and that shows like Maybe a more loving nature to their their relationship. Maybe he's helping her believe in herself. She is also loving him and believes that they can get the gem out. Just a little more to that relationship than I have a crush on you. You have a crush on me. And 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 a whole love affair that took place off screen. Other than like one like a quick paprika scene in Age of Age of Ultron. We we haven't seen much of that. So it's it's hard for us to get invested. So I think that this. Vision helping Wanda believe in herself and believe that her powers are larger than she even believes them to be. And then at, at the end, her actually letting those powers loose, like just really digging deep and letting those powers explode, maybe because of her fear for Vision and her love of Vision uh, would make that impactful. And I think it would be, give more meaning to the characters and also would yeah. kind, of, kind of explain uh, the inconsistencies in the level of her power. How about another fix for us lay it on us lady Wan.
2: okay i have one last one and i just feel like acknowledging that my fixes this week are not like my usual ones they are not about changing the plot dramatically i just want to see some things that i think could have taken this just a little bit more exciting and this one i actually got from a friend of mine we were talking about it and uh shout out to dan What's up, Dan? I wanted to see what those up, rhinos Dan? again from Black Panther. I would have oh. loved to see like Thanos' army getting gored by a rhino. That would have been so cool. The
1: rhino mm. riders would have been amazing. More animals. Yeah,
2: like they introduced us to such a cool concept that when I saw Black Panther, the whole theater went nuts when the rhinos, like the true use for the rhinos, got revealed. And that would have been a really, really fun way to shake up this whole like. People punching weird animal things. Oh like, my God. Bring in the rhinos. Battle
1: rhinos would have been yes. just the icing on the Wakanda cake. It would have been so great. Yes. Yeah, maybe uh, Maybe even a quick scene of Black Panther convincing that. Because re- remember that the person, the rhino guy. Yeah. Was one of the ones who was siding with.
2: With Killmonger. So they are exiled.
1: Maybe there's a scene where Black Panther knows that he's going to need more backup and maybe right. and there's a scene where he goes and he appeals to the the rhino guy and you still don't know that the rhinos are, are are gonna show up or not yeah but they do and it's this awesome moment you know you can even see it the rhinos yeah. come over the hill the music yes. swells and then the, the dude r- r- runs up and he's like Bat Panther's like nice to see you and he's like of course my king or whatever you know what I mean it's like a just like a really great character moment and also a great moment for the, mm-hmm. the film and also giving Black Panther a little more more to do because yeah. he was one of the people who kind of lost out in this one. Awesome. Rhino Riders yeah. and, yeah. and relationship yes. fixing and yes, yes! This is why we do the fix. <laughs> uh, I just <laughs> froze in a dumb poser. Mustachio, why don't you give us another... Fixity doo dah, fixity a.
0: Can we address the fact that Peter Quill totally had like a a what's in the box moment? What's in the box? What's in the box? because like, like, yeah. he realizes Gamora gets killed by Thanos, and he like, yeah, I. So that for me, like, we kind of sense that he was about to, you know, fuck up the the plan to steal the Infinity Gauntlet because he's about to just pistol whip, you know, Thanos's ugly mug but I I know that's a hard scene to maintain like really strong emotions because Thanos is emotionless he doesn't care and you know this yelling at someone who's not there it goes empty but I wanted more of a Peter Quill meltdown because in comics like when they do like a close-up of someone's face when that person's panicking It is terrifying. They look like
1: devastated.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I know, like, Silver Surfer had that face a lot. So, this realization that half of the universe and that, like, Gamora's death and he doesn't know how it happened or what happened or what he can do to stop it, I wanted that to be there. Maybe, maybe for that, like, Peter Quill's mom could have spoken to him, you know, a little bit. So that ringing true to the people that he loves in his life and how she is one of them. I wanted that to kind of play through, because for this scene, the emotion was kind of sucked out of it. It was more of just showing how he's flawed in that trying to stop Thanos, but he gets in the way because he wakes him back up. I wanted that to have more of a devastation effect, because, you know, the next scene is a moon getting thrown down on them, and they're all getting blown to shit. That's devastation. But I wanted Peter Quills to be like, he has very little reason to to keep going or more anger, or more frustration. Yeah, I I, I guess I really don't know how to explain that, but for that one, uh, I felt like that was a good moment for Chris Pratt to just go ballistic.
1: Yeah, and I don't think enough attention is paid to the fact that they almost had the gauntlet off, and Peter Quill just fucks it up and basically I think kills, everybody's mad about that. Kills the whole, I, I haven't heard as much Peter Quill outrage as I thought I would.
2: Oh, no, it's everywhere.
1: I mean, just.
2: Everybody's like, Peter got everyone killed.
1: Yeah, Peter Quill <laughs> killed ev- everyone because Thanos killed his girl. I mean, he's a Titan killing long-term booty call, but he's got, mm. he's got his. He's got issues. And in the movie, Tony tries to talk him down, like don't do this and the thing is like any one of those characters also could have like spider-man could have webbed him down like once they saw him getting in thanos face like a few of those characters could have done something to stop him but you know that it's just one of those things in the in the movie where you can nitpick those moments um yeah because there's tons yeah
2: we're we're heading towards a certain outcome we can't we have to get to that point yeah it's yeah. it's silly to complain about one thing that went one way when the whole point is we're getting there. <laughs> There's yeah.
1: countless people online trying to figure out why Doctor Strange didn't just open up a portal and close the portal and chop uh, Thanos's arm off and send the gauntlet <laughs> to him. Yeah, since we already saw that with like uh, a
0: a coal obsidian <laughs> or yes, super giant. Yes, you see that we oh, yeah. literally chop <laughs> right. Super
1: Giant's arm off. Yeah, like about the size of a, a gauntlet. <laughs> so it's almost <laughs> like foreshadowing. Yeah. That they're gonna chop Hans's arm off. Wait, was there a was there a specific fix? Would you have done something differently?
0: So just bringing in more of the emotion of that scene, and not just the fact that he's killing everybody by by trying to get his you know quick revenge out right then. Yeah, I just felt like that kind of played a little empty to like his love and his loss because he's not just Gamora's booty call, as so eloquently refers to himself. He loves this woman. She is his world, his universe, and that loss was just a little too empty for me. That's
1: what I got. All right, I like that you breathily told us that. So yeah, just to like, this isn't really my fix, but to, to piggyback on that like a little, in the comic Infinity Gauntlet, he does lose the glove, and it's picked up by Nebula, and Nebula wields its, its power for a bit so I mean they could have, you know, they could have chopped his arm off in a in a hole and then had Nebula pick it up and then had to deal with Nebula, you know. That would have been a a twist. <laughs> you know, that would have been a, You know what I mean? Like uh, that that would, have, that been would an, have been different. Yeah, that would have been an interesting twist too. Yeah, cuz uh, Nebula
0: plays a big part in the comics. Yes.
1: And I think Nebula's probably going to play a larger role in 4. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she could uh she could play a large role just like she does in the the comic. So One of my final fixes here is that scene on Titan is a little strange when they're all fighting Thanos, literally somebody who could do anything like those. Those Avengers shouldn't have been able to do a single thing against him. He had every stone except one. They should have been absolute toast, even with portals and and things and, and whatnot. In the comic, Adam Warlock is kind of observing this thing that's going on with Thanos. And he decides he's gonna try it two ways. He's gonna try it the easy way, and then he's gonna try it the hard way as far as stopping Thanos. And the easy way is to distract him enough for Silver Surfer to suddenly bolt down and just rip it off of his arm. In the comic, once that fails, he's like, all right, we're gonna have to do this the hard way. So I would have made the Adam Warlock character into this Doctor Strange role, And Doctor Strange maybe goes through and he looks at all the millions of scenarios and he doesn't just see one, he sees maybe two. And he's like, all right, we're going to try this first way. And if the first way does not work, we're going to try the second way. So the first way was to have all of them just attack him and they try to rip it off. And when that doesn't work, Stephen Strange knows that the the only way is going to be to give him the stone. And that would explain why even after searching all those multitudes of... What happens, he still allows this ridiculous display to, to happen where they all fight him and he rips down a moon. I mean, if Steven Strange already already knows that he just has to give him the stone, I don't understand why all that stuff is happening. Other than maybe Stephen is like, all right, there's a way that we can try this and it works in some scenarios, or we're just going to do it the really hard way that I know works in a scenario and letting all of them die. More of Stephen Strange's plan. So that's a little bit of fix for that. Piggybacking off of that a little bit, the only people he fights that's very true to comic are when he turns Drax into blocks and he turns mm-hmm. Mantis into like weird stringy paper. Yeah. That's so true to the the comic. And just the fact that no one can even go toe to toe with him. Like there's no reason why like, any of those guys should be able to punch him or kick him or do anything to him. So, cuz Thor even says, even with two stones, he's, he's the most powerful being in the whole universe. So yeah. why they're all able to like hold his head and almost rip off the gauntlet is insane. So maybe more like one of them calls him out and maybe just to prove that he's the smartest and the baddest, he's like, all right, I'll take all of you on right now. And he just defeats each one of them individually in ways that subvert their own powers and just shows that he is the most powerful, disgusting being there is on the, on the whole planet. Because at the me. end he shows up and he just throws everybody with a little purple dust. All right, go away, go away, go away, go away. And I, I thought that was the least engaging way that he could have dealt with the Avengers attacking him. <laughs> of course, we can't not mention the uh, the end credit scene where Nick Fury yes. turns into dust. Kobe Smulders' uh, <sighs> agent, Maria Hill, uh, she turns into dust, but not before Fury manages to hit the space pager. that page is captain marvel so of course uh, captain marvel is going to come to the the, to the rescue here i'm sure she was off planet dealing with some crazy other galactic stuff although i can't imagine anything more necessary than thanos (laughs) yet so but anyway uh yeah we're gonna get lots of brie larson and i'm stoked based on how good this film is i have every bit of faith that avengers 4 is going to be as good if not better because it's it's going to be it's going to be all of the payoff from this outstanding film anyway loved avengers super excited for avengers 4 super excited to fix it with you guys today so good well i guess we should consider this screen fixed send us home lady juan
2: so feel free to reach out to us via email screenfixpod at gmail.com you can tweet us at ScreenFixPod, find us on Facebook, search for Podcast, or on Instagram at ScreenFixPod. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you are listening. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Libsyn, and Spotify. And please tell a friend.
1: We also have a Patreon account if you would like to donate to the show. We would love it and there are incentives there for you. We also have dreams of using any donations to fulfill our dreams of opening a one-screen movie theater to be the home of podcasting and films and film festivals and all kinds of fun stuff. So why don't you send us home with your reaction to Spider-Man turning into dust. Go, Mustachio. Wait, what? What? Not him, too. Oh, he sounds he sound like a little kid and a little kid in the audience would totally do that. Uh, Lady Wan.
2: No, he's my favorite.
1: That's what I thought. I was like, this is me. right? Oh, my God. That dread is too real. Oh, now I'm thinking about my own mortality. <laughs> Got a little oh. reality gem there yeah it's a bit of a reality gem to his like everybody else was like what what and he's like i don't want to (laughs) go he's all stretching. i was like oh my god mr stark it was so 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 sad sad. Uh, oh ending it on a sad note oh all right we'll we'll recover in time for next week okay all right bye everybody